And it's one of those things where like a beginner can get waves on them more or less. And then an advanced surfer, if you're burying eight feet of rail on like a full roundhouse cut back, like into the whitewater, that feels insane. And I'm that's that central, that rolling, arcing, carving, ball bearing scene. It's easy to get a board to go on rail, but how do you get it to go on rail easy and then explode? That's that's an equation. The other side of the spectrum is making something that goes balls out down the line. Me and my shaping, that's where I'm coming from. Welcome to the Basis Surf Podcast. Super excited. We got Ryan Loveless here. He's a super hey. innovative surfboard maker and creator. He shapes everything from crazy alternative boards. I mean, and it's interesting because I guess a mid-length isn't considered alternative anymore, <laughs> but like a couple of years ago, it was like, whoa, you're, whoa, that's crazy that you're riding a board over six foot, you know? Uh, and I, I think yeah. you were... Your boards were some of the boards that were kind of at the forefront of that in many ways, even though it's yeah. kind of going back in the time. But you, you do mid lengths, you do even finless boards, um, but also high performance craft. I don't know if you yeah. guys have seen, you know, pros like Will, William Aliotti just ripping in super critical waves, like tucking the massive barrels yeah. on uh, Ryan's board. So we're going to dive into man. all that. I think this is going to be super exciting because, um, yeah, just talking to a, a, a really great surfboard maker and just diving into the ins and outs, tuning your craft, picking the right board. There's a, there's a lot to get into. Um, so just thanks for joining us. First of all, Ryan. Happy to, you could, you can burn an hour talking about any of that really easy. Yeah, I know. Well, maybe we'll have to have you on for a second sesh, but let's, uh, let's see what we can get through, um, today. Well, you know, the first thing I wanted to start with, um, it's not even a question, but I just want to just say, you know, riding a, Riding one of your boards has actually been one of the more mind-opening and mind-expanding uh, experiences of my life. You know, I was just stuck on short boards. You know, I, I live here in Rockaway yeah. Beach in, in Brooklyn, where it's where? like two-foot mush and mush. just sucks. And then it goes to like barreling yeah. overhead waves. And there's very few. I mean, there definitely are your good days where it's just like rippable, you yeah. know, four-foot wow. whatever waves. But... I just, I just remember seeing a bunch of good, uh, like not a bunch. I, I oh, saw a couple oh, good surfers, surfers and they were they riding were these longer boards. And I'm like, what the heck are they riding? But they were making these like tiny, tiny waves, waves, which I would just yeah. struggle on just riding a little shortboard. But they were like linking these sections that you couldn't link. And I was just like, man, what are they doing? And uh, they weren't riding a V-bowls, but they were riding right. like, you know, what we would call it now mid-lengths or eggs or whatever you eggs. want to call it. Right. And right. so yeah. I remember seeing a V-bowls on... On Craigslist, I was like, "All right, this thing looks kind of crazy, but I'm gonna try it." And <laughs> that thing's fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> and it was it was wild. It was wild. I still remember one of the first waves I caught on it, and it was just like, as soon as it locked in, it just started to glide and just go and pick up speed on its own. And I was like, "Yeah." I was kind of like addicted no. to this experience, and it it just totally opened my mind. Um, and so, so you know, I uh, I mean, I guess first, let's first. just let's just talk about kind of. What was your inspiration? How did you get into shaping these boards? Um, you know, just just give us a background on that. Yeah, I mean, I one thing to say V-Bowls wise, it's funny because you click that quickly. It's they're like a love it or hate it thing. Like guys either like click and it's this like pseudo religious experience and they're just off and running and it's crazy, or they just cannot figure them out. So you either meet people that say like, oh, V-Bowls are insane, or oh, V-Bowls are plugs. It's one or the other. There's like I think I know two people. They're like, yeah, people's are a fun surfboard. Meh. I was like, wow. But, but anyways, uh, <laughs> it's just right. hearing you talk about that is funny. Cause I'm like, yep, that's the, that's the experience. Like hop on one and then be like, what the 
fuck and you click um yeah they for me like i was writing i mean you know my really early shaping i was doing all kinds of stuff fishes bonder variations longboards eggs whatever and pretty quickly i found displacement holes um and i did i think i did about six or seven years on only like full-on displacement holes and i want to qualify like displacement hole by saying like there's a few like must-haves in a hole which i don't consider the vehicles a hole um a lot of people do but i would qualify a real displacement hole has to be wide point forward immediately the vehicles is disqualified um so for me the the vehicles came out of about six or seven years of only riding like full-on bladed displacement holes in point waves and i really wanted that sensation i wanted that that rolling under underfoot that ankle rolling looseness lower body thing that the displacement hole really like gets into your core and if you click on it you click but i wanted that in a board that i could surf in slower waves like traveling into like australia or beach breaks or anything like that i wanted to be able to get that feeling in a board that would actually slow down you could sit on your back foot for half a second or do something with that speed and so that that i mean ultimately led me to the vibles but even then that was a a good couple year experimental thing for me so during that time i went really heavy into mid length um clearly displacement holes are mid lengths so i was already like steeped in it but it was really mm, for me it was a time where i was looking at the greater kind of scheme of what everybody was writing what everybody was making what the world wanted and i felt like there was this gap between longboards and shortboards that was explored obviously lots of eggs and different things but i didn't feel like it was really well defined yet as as to what a mid-length should be so that was exciting for me was to like sit back and say like okay here's this gap between six and a half and nine feet what's that supposed to do what what you know if we sit in the middle of that at eight feet roughly what should an eight footer do what's the goal and so i just started really wanting to figure out what was in there and how i could carry those feelings that i wanted in a board that size i should also say eight foot was the longest that would fit in my car nose the tail where i could close the back and that was big for me i wanted to have one board that i could just roll with all the time and so mid lengths fit a lot of things in my surfing world um personally also being like 6'2 and orbiting around 200 pounds give or take i like foam um and being in santa barbara most of the time at that point or all of the time at that point small what knee high thigh high waves so yeah a like long flat mid like really 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 handles like almost everything that's going to come your way unless you're you know exploring heavily and you get some of the some of the bigger stuff and then even then you could still push a mid like that do it if you really wanted to um so it was really it was like a personal quiver necessity for me and just a personal preference and i remember i mean it would have been probably around like 2009 something like that i remember calling it i was like man in like three years everyone's going to be on mid legs and I, was, I just remember every year went by and people still weren't clicking into it and weren't clicking into it and weren't clicking in. I was like, what is going on here? 
and I had business and I had people that wanted boards and it was cool, but it wasn't like going off. And then now finally, what in the last two or three years, it's gone fucking ballistic. I'm like, Oh, okay. Welcome to the party. All these big, you know, big manufacturers I'm like, cool, cool. All right. We've been down the street doing this for how many years? And all you guys did was middle fingers and try to spit on us and call us names. And now <laughs> welcome. But it's, you know, they're all buddies of mine, but it's just funny. It's, you know, and that's right. the, like we were saying before we even started this, the cyclical nature of surfboard design. Um, so I, I'm sure at some point clear thrusters are going to pop off again and they'll be the yeah. thing, um, in some, in some facet. Right. Well, I, awesome. I think, I think the thing is, you know, kind of like what you oh, said, mid lengths do are kind of the most well-rounded, like if, if, you want to be able to surf small waves or really big waves and you're not a pro like a really really yeah. good surfer you're probably going to need more volume depending it's on the wave right it's an applicable yeah. fucking surfboard and it's one of those things where like a beginner can get waves on them more or less and then an advanced surfer if you're burying eight feet of rail on like a full roundhouse cutback like into the white water that feels insane like Right. Anyone that surfs well that does that and isn't into that feeling, I got a question because that's a sick moment. So like they offer something to everybody if you want to tap into that thing. Oh, for sure. I actually saw Connor O'Leary. He he made a post. He, he was riding the CI mid and he did this big roundhouse cutty on this, you know, giant wave, but he was on mm -hmm. like a six and a half, six, yeah. six foot six or something. He was like, that was one of the best feelings I've ever had. And I'm like, well. I mean, it did look sick. He, he went all the way up, little, rebounded I mean, off the, you know. Look at look at where like before like before the super foiled out chippy shortboards took over. Look at where thrusters and performance surfing was, and it was power surfing. So you're talking there's a lot of like mid six foot boards, thrusters, whatever. That's neither here nor there. But like mid six foot boards, a little volume positive, being power surfed in the pocket. To me, that's still the epitome of surfing. That's like what we should all be hoping to do. Now, to me, like as a mid, as a six six a mid length, fuck no. That's still, I mean, that's well <laughs> into shortboard territory in my. Right. Maybe a six nine is getting close, but like yeah. seven zero plus, like I could say, okay, mid length. But uh, yeah, I mean that. I always, I kind of always got to laugh, like when I see posts on social media, it's like, here's our new mid length six two. I'm like. The fuck are you on? And you think, what? Six cute. Is it even a step up for most people? Like, you're not even in like the realm. But, uh, right, right, right. But it's That's either so funny. apples and oranges, whatever. You know. Mid well, like the word so mid kind of sells a lot of surfboards right now. We'll yeah. <laughs> well, kind of going back to what you were saying though, because I'm, I'm really interested mm. in this, the innovation and, you know, because what's interesting about surfing oh. is this, this marriage between yeah. like art and then just craft wow. and like technology because a surfboard Same is like way. essentially like this this thing that you're developing and it, it has such a big role in the way you're going to be able to ride that wave and yeah. perform your art right and so you know you mentioned that you saw this gap Stop. between shortboards Short. and longboards Long. and you said Say, i wanted to I define want what that specifically that. you know well, just well, more well, clearly well. define what it was going to be what kind of sensations I, were you looking to improve upon from you know, the old school eggs. Cause I mean, your V bowls has a very distinct, uh, they're very distinct design characteristics, right? Like wide point was back and rails were super foiled. You mentioned like, you know, all these things. So what were you looking for trying to do there? Um, I wanted, I wanted trim speed in a straight line. 
So, you know, we're surfing small peeling point waves a lot. I wanted to go balls out down the line without doing anything. And there's a very distinct feeling with really knifed out thin rails that where they, they take away from your forgiveness in the average surfboard. But if they're on something with the right rocker and rail line, like the feeling that you get out of it is insane. So like for me, I wanted something that spoke more to me and my surfing. And at that point, that was super flat, super bladed stuff. Um, but I wanted those super flat, super bladed boards to be controllable on your back foot. Um, and that's what I wasn't finding. I was either finding really eggy, doughy stuff that was really forgiving and fun. And I'm great boards, eggs, standard eggs and, and like classic eggs are killer. They're applicable for a lot of people, but for me... Once you stand still and just park it and do nothing, you're just kind of like doughing along. You're not, anyone who hasn't felt it isn't going to know what we're talking about. But when you come up and you lock in a V-Bulls or something that's knifed out, you lock that thing in the face, the sensation's crazy. It's a completely yeah. different ballgame. And so like, I wanted that feeling, but I wanted that in a, in a board that I could control on a slow point wave or, you know surfing like the pass in Byron Bay or something, it looks like in photos, you can run it out forever down the line, but really the waves are like way, way, way back here. Um, and I realized how much more common those waves are in the world in my travels than stuff like Brink. And that was, you know, when I was in my early twenties and still really figuring out what the fuck was going on, there was a lot of learning to do. And that was a big one for me. It was like, oh, these boards that I'm loving aren't really as lovable. <laughs> and in all these different waves. I mean, surfing in Italy or something, or, you know, it just wasn't clicking. Um, and so the Beebles was an exploration trying to find that. Yeah. Um, well, I definitely felt it on the board. I remember that sensation so it, clearly. It, it, I was just like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> it just felt like it, it, it took did. off and it was crazy. Yeah. It's, huh. a really, so how, it's a really special thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so you, you know, would you describe, well, how how have you evolved the design? Like, is the V-Bulls your standard mid-length now? Or, I mean, I think no. I saw a lot of your guys are riding mm. FMs now. Like, how, like, what yeah, were... Yeah, I mean... So you, you went in one direction with the V-Bulls, and then how have things changed, I guess? Hey, everyone, it's Van. Hopefully, you've been enjoying the podcast. Hopefully, you've been listening to some good stories, getting some good tips that are helping you improve as a surfer. If so, make sure to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review, it'll only take you literally a few seconds, and share it with your friends. That's the best way you can support me so I can continue to create awesome new content for you. So, thanks. I mean, for me, like, kind of like you said, I guess, in the intro, like, my shaping is comprised of all these different things. You know, it's all this experimental stuff, performance shortboards, mid-lengths, and this, you know, flex tail stuff, all kinds of shit. For me, like, the core of any shaper's shaping is what they're surfing and to me that's my mid lengths so the core of my stuff has been mid-sized things and then plugging in all of those things that i learned from shaping for william and trevor gordon all these guys over time plugging them into mid lengths and figuring out how to make them fucking nuts is that's the goal so that for me the v-bowls got got me going in my surfing in a direction and then give it three or five years on a v-bowls okay how do I take this feeling and transition it into something that's going to make a little more speed on a flat-faced wave? And then that's the sick Lizzie. Then that took over my shaping for five, seven years. And then you say on the thick Lizzie after that many years, okay, how do I 
take these feelings and this forgiveness and this trim speed, but put it on something that I can put all 200 pounds of my weight into and wrap without even thinking about it and smash the whitewater. There's the FM. So they're all, they're all kind of connected threads in my own surfing. Um, so I don't really think any one of them is, has taken over anything. If, if there's a board that, that like I'm synonymous with, it's probably the V-Bowls just cause it's been around that many years. If there's a board I shape the most of, it's a thick Lizzie still because it's by far the most applicable board for most of my customers in terms of the midlights realm. Um, if there's a board that all of my like repeat customers over the last 15 plus years are coming back for, it's the FM because they're figuring out that same trajectory that I did. Vwool's Dick Lizzie FM. Um, Got it. Or they've been surfing now some X production brands, neutral mid length blowout design, and they want something more hyper focused from like a mid length specialist FM. Um, Got it. So it, it kind of runs a gamut depending for me, especially with a custom surfboard, which is all I really do. There's no like predetermined when I go into the conversation, this is what the guy's getting. Like, I want to hear the guy out, understand their surfing, see what they want out of it. And then within the realm of my boards and my experience, help guide that direction. Um, so Got I don't it. think there's really a winner or a, you know, a best or it's just, it's all a little ecosystem. Right. And and with surfboards, there's always trade-offs, right? There's speed versus control. And you're always yep. just trying to f figure out where yep. you want to sit on that continuum based on your ability level, the board, the wave, yep. all these things, right? Yeah. So just, you know, I, I'm, I'm a surfboard nerd. So, and I, I'm sure that there's really? those in my community that love it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously I got a V-Wolves, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so... How would you, what were the key design attributes of the V-Bowls that made it what it was? And then mm -hmm. how did you tweak those, you know, going from the V-Bowls to the, F, or to the Thick Lizzie to the FM? Because you're going from, you know, pure trim speed to more performance. Like what, what were the things that you tweaked? I wonder if I had like a little sketch pad sitting around me somewhere here. Um, this is when I started drawing in the dust on my walls. Um, oh, perfect. Uh, so if you take a displacement hole, we're at it. You've got a kind of low rocker that flows flat. I hope mm -hmm. this translates. And then your deck is an S deck. So it has its hump in it. Is that, can you see that at all? I can kind of see really. it. It's, it's the, it the low quality is the issue, but maybe, you know, let's okay. just talk. Um, well, so, okay. I'll try and I'll, I'll do my best here. It's like a, if you focus all of the volume in your board in one place, so that is make the wide point in a spot and the thickest part of the board that same spot and the deepest part of the bend in that rocker that same spot, you focused all of your volume into one area of the board. What that happens, depending on how you foil the board around that spot, is make it more or less sensitive and tippy and rolly from that space. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah, totally. So the V-Bowls taught me about that part of the board. Um, this has most to do with mid lengths because in short boards, you're not really working with this 
concept as much because you're going to make a really twitchy board really fast. It's not going to work for most people. Um, and, and quick question. I mean, just to clarify for everybody that's listening as well. So when you're talking about a hole, you're talking about yeah. the, the, the bottom of the board has some belly as opposed to a concave like on your normal shortboard, right? Um, yeah, you've got ooh, um, how, how to break that down. So a displacement hole would have a convex like round bottom wide point forward, thin, like bladed pointy rails to various degrees. And then the rail line, the apex of the farthest point out on the rail goes in the tail low to high in the nose. So your rail is going to go like this in the nose and then slowly turn down in the tail. So you've got a few things working at the same time. And those are kind of like the basic tenements of a displacement hole. Um, so doing all of those things puts your volume into one spot. Um, the V-Bowls, what that was, was basically taking that spot, which is classically forward of the wide point, and taking it behind center and making it wide point back. So all of a sudden, you have all that sensation, all that rolling and all that control, but behind center. Um, that's not, that was not like, I'm not trying to say, there's I guarantee some people that'll roll their eyes. I'm not trying to say I was the first person to ever do that at all. That is not what's going on here. But in terms of foiling it out like a displacement hole, playing with that outline and understanding the rocker, it's it's a really unique thing. Um, you could look at a photo of a couple boards and be like, oh, that looks similar to this. The foil is what differentiates of eagles. So what the difference is how you take that thick part and then foil the board out and then work all the curves off of that point. So in terms of making different versions of the V-Bowls like you're asking, it's basically about centering that point and putting it where you want it and then working all of the details around that area. So if I leave the board a little bit more doughy, carry the volume a little more forward and the rails a little more full, it's gonna be a lot more forgiving. It's gonna be better for somebody that's heavier or a beginner that's coming off long boards, road of V-Bowls and he wants one versus if the thing is really thick in the middle and then super thin on the rails and nose and tail and everything's really pointy and bladed out, that's going to be better for somebody that has experience on these boards and that really wants to take it up a notch and get like the craziest people's sensation ever. And all of that comes out in conversation when I'm kind of dialing in the board with somebody. Um, but I'm basically just refining every edge and tip of the board around that point depending right. on the feeling somebody wants. And check this out. How's my sweat? I've been <laughs> watching this. There? Oh, God, I'm going to give it like just oh, over 100, 100 degrees in here. I've, I've been watching these little drop dots like <laughs> grow as we keep talking. And I was like, oh, it's oh, going to get to a point where this is just drenched. Yeah, so just take excited. the shirt off, man. Just anyone, let us see the chest. <laughs> anyone that's watching, you can just track my fucking body temperature here. It's like... <laughs> It's gonna it's starting up here too. Oh, all oh, right, man. wet t-shirt concept going on uh, contest going on over there, man. Looking pretty sexy. That's all I gotta say. I got the wrong color. I got the wrong color. <laughs> trying to hide. Just, um, I want to see the nips, man. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, so, oh man. Um, well, so the uh, you know the well, the way I think you described it earlier, which I I, I think is a great way of describing the way the V bolts felt is that you describe it's like when you're at that center point and you're all the way back, which is 
which is the weird thing is that you get this ball bearing effect like it's super sensitive to anything you do and that's um that's kind of like ah, that ball bearing ball. effect is is part of the fun of it right and, and yeah. i'm sure that's that thing that you were trying to unlock that felt different from your old school eggs which right. were just kind of more you know not be as sensitive yeah. and you'd feel like oh there's there, you know it just feels like a heavier yeah. kind of this leaden feeling as opposed to this really fast accelerating kind yeah. of ball bearing feel or even right? just neutral you know when you a neutral board is a good board for a lot of people. And some of us, me included, want a board that's got a serious fucking opinion about itself. I want to have to figure out what the board wants um, to a certain degree. There's boards I want that more from and boards that I don't. Um, but I should say also that all of this V-Bulls discussion should probably boil down into <clears throat> that central feeling that you and I are explaining is what I'm trickling into all of my boards in some degree, depending on what board it is and who wants what and how we're dealing with it. So we're talking all about V-Bulls, but to me in my brain, I'm just talking about the core of all of my shaping, which is that yeah. feeling. Right. The FM has it, the Thick Lizzy has it, depending on what someone wants out of it. Even Williams boards have a degree of it. Um, so to me, that that core feeling is, is what I think defines somebody as a shaper is if you could step on somebody's board without knowing what it is and be like, oh, this is that guy's stuff. Um, that's, mm. I think, really, really sacred in, in design. Um, and I'm that's that central, that rolling, arcing, carving, ball bearing thing is what I hope that is for me uh, when somebody steps on a board. And whenever someone does say that, I'm like, oh, yeah, I rode this board and I knew immediately it was one of yours. I'm like, that's one of the best compliments. Um, mm. so that all of this V-Bulls discussion to me boils down to that feeling is the thing I'm working with and working for. Yeah. Well, so a question for you then, you know, as you've evolved yeah. your, you know, the design, like I, I was looking at a picture of an FM and it had like, it looks almost like a duo or at least mm -hmm. very like mm -hmm. relatively, you know, well clustered twins, mm -hmm. but then you also had the twinsers on it, you know, like. How big has the the fin set up? And which was very I had yeah. my V bowls was like a single. It was like a had uh, a single plus uh, side bites. You know how oh, how weird. important has that been in terms of um, affecting the feel and the ride? And you know, talk to us about that. I mean, the fin is the fin is mostly like how you're going to control the sensation on the board, right? So you have all this rolling and all of this whatever you want the board to do. The fin is basically how are you going to connect that to the wave face in terms of powering. So like if you want the board to drive or if you want it to noodle and sit back in the pocket or you want it to pivot and snap, your fin's controlling a big portion of that. Equally as, I mean, probably more so than, than a lot of other factors in the board. Um, there's a debate to have and all of the above. But you'll notice probably a lot of my boards don't have glass-ons. I work a lot with box fins. Um and that's that's mostly because I really like changing fins out, and I really like figuring out what fin is right for somebody. Um, you would not be the first person that's gotten a message from me if you posted a video of yourself riding one of my boards, and I could tell something was going on there, and I asked for a picture of what fin you have in there. Because um, you can tell as a shaper what's working and what's not, and if someone's fin is too far back or too far forward based on how they're surfing and how it's reacting. So to me, the fin is super, super important. Um, with the FM, 
it really came out of like, you know, that, that cluster thing in terms of having the fins really close together. Um, the design of the board and the fins together are one whole. There's no FM with those fins or FM set up fin wise on another shape, really. Like it's, it's a unit, um, just like the duo, which is Neil Purchase Jr.'s thing that you referenced. And I wrote a couple of boards with his fin placements. Um, and a couple of his ones and one one or two that we had shaped together. And I like that duo setup um, a lot. It spoke to me as like a single fin background guy coming off of V-Bulls and Thick Lizzie's. Um, the duo clicked with me better than any other twin fin because um, it was central and it had had a central feeling under my foot, which I liked. I wasn't working the rails as much. I like working off the middle of the board, especially with that ball bearing feeling. That's what you're working around. So I wanted to play with, okay, how do I make this thing that's in the right direction for me feel a little bit more twin finny? How do I get it a little bit more happy on rail to where it's going to hook up and come around um, a little bit more intuitively for me? And and the FM, the first one was a complete shot in the dark, as was the first Beebles, as was the first Thick Lizzie, and plenty of other boards that don't have a name. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was just a... A trial I, I didn't know i was just trying to swing for the bleachers and see if i could come up with something that went and for me the first session on the number one fm blew my fucking mind i couldn't believe what was happening with my surfing right not saying like i'm blowing everyone's mind or i'm being i just couldn't believe where it took me as a surfer and what i was doing in terms of um just wrapping carbs that i thought that i was never going to do as a you know i grew up in seattle like I'm not a I'm not a born and raised surfer. I'm not one of those guys that surfing is just like breathing. Like I have to try, <laughs> you know. It it so the FM giving me that in my surfing was just mind blowing. Um, so for me that was really central to keep the fins, which were unique at that in that board, with the design as a whole, and then start figuring out how I was gonna play with the board and all of the edges around that so that's kind of always a thing is find this board that blows my mind and then start exploring the three-dimensionality of it and what it does um so the that's fm's so cool. fins like you said were like you know the average twin fin is somewhere between if it's a performance shortboard an inch and the eighth or an inch and a quarter off the rail or if it's like a keelfish closer to like an inch and a half and FM is like two and a half off the rail, which is a fucking mystery place for a fin. And that's exactly what I wanted to find was that that same thing about going, okay, so there's six and seven foot boards and nine foot boards. What's in the middle of there was the same with fins. I drew out Neil's duo setup, which is about six ish inches apart. And then I drew out a full keel setup, which is about an inch and a half off the rail. And I drew lines between the front and back of all of those fins and i just went from the duo right in the middle <laughs> and i was like what the fuck is in here like what what is this right. empty space in fin placement um and then i took a fin that i was using in a duo which was like it's like a smith parish like brewer type single fin outline and then a keel fin so i took each of those two respective fin designs and laid them over each other and just drew literally again a line right in the middle of those two fin templates that was the fm fin and i just slapped it all together 
I was like, let's give it a fucking shot. And it clicked. Um, so for me, a lot of those things come from just exploring what I don't know um, and what I don't see somebody else doing. If somebody else is already doing it, fuck, I'm going to go try what they're doing if that's what's clicking. Like if I want to try a displacement hole and I'm, when I'm 20, I'm going to try a Greg Little. If I want to try a duo, I'm going to get my hands on one of Neil's wards and try it. If I want to try a side cut fish, I'm going to try and find a McMackey and try it. Like if it's there, see what the guys that do it are doing. And if it's not, fucking balls to the wall give it a whirl see what happens um yeah well i can speak to the the duo setup because I, mm-hmm. I i picked up a use rnl hey he's based in santa barbara rincon area as well he um, shares a wall with me in my shaping room now he just moved in a couple months ago oh really yeah, yeah. well tell him i had one of his uh I, I had i don't remember how big it was like i think it was like a 7-0 with the duo setup and yeah. i rode this thing i was like wow this this setup is amazing and you'll see like chippa wilson on a 6-0 yeah. like a how are those short videos board. those but fucking those clips of chippa when when neil and him started playing with it fucking insane like that convinced a lot of us yeah. um they still do and it's funny because it yeah. looks it looks like a lot of shin or it looks like it's going to be heavy and then you step foot on one and you're like oh it's just another surfboard it just works a little differently like all these yeah. things that you think are crazy aren't that crazy no i i mean i struggle on single fins i don't know how to ride a single fin at all but riding <laughs> going from riding you know thrusters to to huh. duo i was like oh you know in quads yeah. i was like oh this makes total sense it, it makes yeah. so much sense to me um yeah yeah i snapped, I snapped. it at, at colorado's Colorado. though <laughs> so yeah it was kind of a bummer Whoops. um wow so you know it's you're you're obviously experimenting a ton and what I find really cool is that you're, you know, you're solving a problem for yourself. And I feel like mm-hmm. anybody mm-hmm. that's really trying to solve a problem for themselves is really going to just be that much more dedicated to finding that solution, you know, cause it's like your own surfing on the line and you just want to get better. And, and that's so cool that the FM is just unlocking wow. these new, you know, areas in your surfing. And I'm sure it's going to mm-hmm. unlock different areas for, for people that ride your board. So that's, that's super cool. Now, what I'm curious about though now is what is it, you know, so this is like you're shaping for the everyday surfer yes. yourself and, no. you know, just, you know, probably the majority of your customers. What is it like sure. shaping for guys yeah. like you mentioned, you know, William Eliotti, Trevor yeah. Gordon, Gordon, guys that are really good surfers. How is, like, how did those relationships, why don't we start with William? Like, how did that relationship develop and uh-huh. then how did, how did that evolve your shaping and, and all that? I mean, to me, it's all a big, big feedback loop. I mean, what I learned from shaping shortboards for guys like that feeds back into how I treat my midlights. And what I learned from shaping my midlights and what I'm feeling feeds back into what I'm shaping for them because that's my relationship to surfing and surfboards. So, I mean, shaping for for really, really, you know, high-end, top-end surfers is to me, it's funny because it's gratifying and it's also heartbreaking at the same time because you can you can make something that you think is going to work insane or a new variation on something that has worked insane and that one doesn't click like the first one. Um, and you can also make, like last winter, William met me on Oahu and I made him four or five boards. And the first board I shaped out of that batch was like a 5'10 fish like step up, like really foiled out shortboard fish. And I was absolutely least excited about that board by far. 
out of the whole stack. It was like, I shaped that knowing it was like, yep, this is right along the lines of what he's been surfing. Cool. The other ones I'm really excited about because that's going to take us somewhere new. Of course, that was the one that clicked. It's like you never know out of a stack, like what's going to work, what's what's going to, someone's going to fall in love with. And I should say too, that shaping for Williams specifically, and most guys that I've worked with over time in that capacity is like, it's usually a couple text messages where you're like, oh, I really want something kind of based on this last board, but I want like a 5.6, a 5.8, and a 6.1 for pumping slabs. And that's the brief. Like that's, you know, then I get to do what I want inside of that. So there's a fair amount of, of wiggle room. And as a shaper, I have to choose how much do I want to wiggle and how much do I want to just nail what he already has. Um, and it changes over time as a, you know, as a creative person, you're always changing shit. And sometimes you're not trying to change it. Um, but that, that, that loop of, of figuring out what works for him or for guys like William and what doesn't is really helpful in my surfing and my shaping because it takes me farther. And then I can also discern what I'm feeling in my boards and wrap it back into what I'm doing for them. Um, and I mean, I think you'd be really hard pressed and that, you know, a lot of guys would say like, oh, he shapes short boards, uh, but he doesn't even surf many short boards. It's like, well, there's a lot of fucking guys that surf short boards and shape mid lights now that definitely don't fucking surf mid light. <laughs> goes both ways, man. Like, right. I, it's, it just depends on how you translate the information that you have as a surfer and a shaper and what you're feeling to anybody else's boards they can be a pro or a beginner to me it's equally as important for me it's probably actually more important to make a good board for a beginner because they're not buying a ton of boards or they're not getting a ton of boards and you know how much that matters to somebody that's like saved up all their money and they've waited x number of months for this new board reached out to the person they really want one from come on like you got to respect that you've got to have this reference for that transaction and a lot of a lot of guys that get a lot of free boards don't uh, have a whole lot of respect for for free boards. <laughs> so, right. so to me, like I, I feel more pressure from like an adult learner trying to take their surfing somewhere than from a guy that's going to Tavarua for two weeks and wants five boards to take with him and he's going to break half of them. It's a different yeah. it's a different thing. It's very gratifying when you get a couple photos or a video in your inbox. The guy's going nuts and he said it's magic. That's fucking awesome. Obviously we like live for some of that but it's also fucking awesome when somebody calls you and you're like oh my god i just did my first actual cutback why how cool is that like and probably you, more you stoked help in that transaction right yeah. so like that's the it's it's equally as rewarding in different different factions of in terms of me internally like i like it all um what i don't right. like is when someone gets a board and it's two shades too light of blue that's like <laughs> anyways next question right 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 well so so Function talk to me about form. the yeah T talk to me about the boards that you do shape for him because like i, I mean wasn't he riding like i mean it seems like he rides a lot of twins but like he's doing like pumping like heavy waves yeah. you know and um like well yeah how is your what do you think 
because he obviously reached yep. out to you because yep. he respects you as a surfer and he wanted boards from you. And but like, what was the flair that you added that you think you were giving him that he wouldn't get? Because he could obviously just rip on a regular shortboard too. And what do you think he was know. looking I mean, for? Guys, and what, yeah. guys like that, you, you can get boards from anybody. I mean, there's guys trying to give him boards. There's like he could go to anybody and get insane boards. I'm stoked that he keeps you know this thing going with me. I'm I'm flattered and I hope that I'm providing something to him that he couldn't get somewhere else. I do know when he rides a bunch of other shortboards like that, there was a board test, a twin fin board test a year or two ago. It was shocking how slow he was going on a lot of those boards. And then to see him in the same wave, same conditions on what he and I were working on, so much more explosive. I was like, okay, so there is like, there is some proof in this pudding. Like I am doing something different for him than say, these big production brands um but granted any good shaper you know he was surfing other guys boards before we ever met and, and i should say he came to me through a friend of ours um manuel claude belmorel who's a french um artist and photographer who has got a couple boards for me a long time ago he started shooting william in the water and said you guys should work together so he brought william to me i don't think william knew anything about my boards or my history at all other than he wrote one or two of them and was like sure let's give it a shot and we just grew from there as a you know he was a really good surfer but his surfing is having I mean, gone fucking astronomical in the last number of years like most young guys will when they're really focusing on their stuff and he is really focusing on his stuff that guy is on the road constantly surfing all kinds of fucking weird waves that I didn't design the board for um <laughs> He's really, he's really hell bent on figuring out what a twin fin can do and how far he can take it. Um, it, I, I don't know anybody else right now. I'm sure there is some, some other people that are pushing twins as hard as he is, um, and taking them to the extent that he is. I mean, there's some stuff that he sent me that is not published online yet. Um, I can't even explain like crazy shit crazy shit that is just like wow. that's a, a five whatever twin fin what what are you doing in that slab like what how um <laughs> right and so that for me like we're he's i'm pretty singularly focused i want to make singular magic good boards for people he is really focused on figuring out how far he can take a twin fin so us figuring out what that means is very cool it's an interesting thing and i think that the surfer shaper relationship is is really really special and i feel really really lucky to have him stopping holes in my boards uh, I, I think it's killer um i really enjoy talking with him i really enjoy spending time with him and i really enjoy seeing him surf and it's a really cool thing that we've got um what yeah. is that um you mentioned this was it was it the electric acid or what, hey, what competition was this between different twins? No, it was, um, he got a, an invite to basically just test a bunch of performance twins. Um, okay. I think it was first stab and they did it at Kandui. Um, and it was right when he and I kind of decided like, okay, we're going to send it. We're going to do a thing like exclusively nice. together. We're going to figure this out. And I think within like a week they reached out or like, Hey, you can stay at Kandui for free for a long fucking time. If you surf all these twin fins for this board test. And so he, I mean, graciously came to me and said, is it okay if I do this? And I said, fuck yeah, 
absolutely you can i'm not going to stop you from doing that like yeah what yeah, a great ticket sure. um and then of course we, i think it's i think it was actually done two years ago but they put it out again this summer um so it's always a little bit heartbreaking for me because then it goes like i think he was he was going pretty like pretty viral surfing a bunch of other boards and i was sitting there looking at clips that i have and those clips <laughs> I was like man he's going like half as fast as he should be knowing uh-huh. his surfing pretty intimately at this point in terms of watching. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's really, that being said, it's, I went into that saying like, okay, let's see what we can learn. Let's see if he really clicks with one of these boards and what can we learn from that? Cause that's, I mean, almost like me making him 10 other boards and then him surfing all of them and saying, I did like this. I didn't like that. I did like this. I didn't like that. Um, yeah. To me, all that, so- you know, that experience just showed me that we were on the right track. Um, so yeah. that's cool. So what do you think what? is unique about your twin fin design? I don't know. Cause I'm sure there's people doing some similar shit. Um, I know for me, I work within a pretty, like pretty tight confined little box of like what I know is working. So like I work out of the same, like two or three blanks. That's it. Um, I don't swing from the bleachers every time I, I try to work with a really similar rocker or really knowable outline and try to do adjustments either which way, unless we're sending it and we're trying to find something really weird and they were different and cool. Um, but I try with those boards to be really calculated and really know intimately the, the small details that I'm working through. Um, I don't spend a whole lot of time looking at other people's boards. Um, and then usually if for when I do, I pick one up. I'm like, whoa, wild. Okay. <laughs> cool. Uh, I, a lot of my stuff performance wise comes, uh, from just really knowable outcomes. It's like, I have almost the same tail rocker in like three of Williams different boards that we're doing. And I'll adjust the outline around that rocker. That's a pretty minimal change. I'm not going to change six different things in the same shot. Um, unless that's what we're going for. Um, but I try to like know what I'm doing and control it because in the end, what I want is to provide the surfer with a good board. Um, so if I'm swaying from the bleachers, every board that I'm shaping and just fucking sending it, I think I'm doing a disservice to that person's cash and their time and their attention and their, their effort and even reaching out to me. Um, to me at the end of the day, that's most important is being respectful to somebody that decided to come to me to make them a fucking water toy. Well, like <laughs> lucky me, man. So, right. In right. terms of my boards, like what makes them special twin fin wise? I, I mean, I'd like to think that that rolling feeling that we were talking about earlier is still in there. I know for Williams boards, it is. Um, and you can see the way they go on rail and jump back. It's easy to get a board to go on rail. But how do you get it to go on rail easy and then explode? That's that's an equation. Um, I think I tend in a design spectrum. I think a lot of performance shortboard designs are really heavily centered around controlling speed, making a board stay in the pocket and work this way. So their their design is coming from that side of the spectrum. The other side of the spectrum is making something that goes balls out down the line. Me and my shaping that's where I'm coming from. 
is going mm-hmm. falls out down the line at Raycon or any of the other points. So I'm coming into the control space with Williams boards where most shortboard shapers, I think, are trying to make a faster board that is in control. So it seems like the feedback from William is oftentimes like the board is too fast. I want it slower. Um, and so over time, the boards have gotten slower and slower, but I'm still trying to keep a hold of that explosiveness and that's speed. Um, so I tend not to dump the speed off of the rail as much as a lot of other shortboard shapers do. Um, and I'll tend to work with a little flatter rocker, I think, than a lot of other shapers do. But to me, it seems like a lot of rocker coming from where I'm sitting. Mm-hmm. But then I look at other shortboards, I'm like, Daryl. Um, <laughs> so, so I don't know. I think I'm just coming from a different side of the spectrum in terms of design from a speed, trying to right. control the speed. And the other side is control, trying to create speed. Um, so maybe we're just on different sides of like a dividing line. That makes sense. Maybe that's it. I think that's, you know, that's maybe the one. And then what, what happened? I mean, so obviously William is like extremely high level surfer. What happens? I mean, do you test any of his boards or like make similar boards for yourself? Do you have to like tone it down a little bit for that upper surfer or? I, I surf really differently than William. I'm, I'm more flow and momentum, um, where William is fucking psychotic. Um, I, he's obviously got flow and momentum, but in a very different weight, like I don't surf like that. So, I mean, I can understand what these boards are doing and in my world, I mean, I can sit up at night and design a board in my head, go and shape it. And it works exactly like I thought it would. Um, so when I shape Williams boards, generally I know exactly what the fuck they're going to do. Um, I'm rarely surprised by the way a board works. I am surprised by where he decides to take it, uh, like a five, six keelfish at Nazare. What? Um, <laughs> but rarely am I surprised by the feedback, um, and the way that it works in a video. Um, so for me, like, you know, the same thing would be said when I try to give him a mid light, usually the feedback is, oh, it's not as fast as this board. Well, no, it's a mid light. It's different. You're supposed to flow and cruise on it or. Oh, I can't go as vertical as I want. Yes, it's a midlife. That's not the way they're supposed to work. Um, so it's just, it's a different side of the spectrum. Um, so my, I think that's probably why I try to shape. So like known and controllable because I don't surf Williams boards. I can't, I, I physically like don't move like that. I don't generate speed like a thruster or a tiny twin fin wants you to, um, I generate speed through like the rail line and drawing out long lines. Um, so I'm, I'm basically just working with feedback and knowledge of going on, going on 20 years now of hand shaping at least a board a day, every day for those 20 years, like understanding the blank and understanding my process and understanding what comes out of that. Um, and at this point, yeah, it's not a, it's not really a question of if a board is going to work, it's how it's going to work. And am I hitting that on the head? Um, but I think kind of like I alluded to before, um, there's a lot of shapers that don't surf the different boards that they're shaping. I mean, I, I don't, I'm, I, you literally cannot name a name because it's pretty much everybody. Um, right. They're, you know, yeah, no, I'm not surfing a rabbit's foot for sure. No. 
I don't, my, I can't even fucking squat half as low as I'd need to. Um, I'd like to, yeah. it would be cool. But again, I'm like a glorified adult learner, right? I mean, like I surfed every year for like a week ish at best when I was a little kid, visiting my grandparents in Hawaii and then going to like the Oregon coast from Seattle when we could. But I didn't get to start like hammering at my surfing until I was 18, until I moved, you know, from Seattle down to California. Um, so for me, like I can't hop on a tiny shortboard and be like, all right, let's fucking go blow the lid off of this wave. Like I got to work on it. Um, and I gotta, I gotta try and apply myself. And that's also for me, that's the fun. Like I want to try anyone that knows me intimately knows that I rarely choose like the easy way out. Um, I, I like to work for it and I like to try and I like to apply my brain to my hand or to my feet or whatever I'm doing. And I want to figure out this equation to make something work. I think that's like a really good place to be coming at it, you know, for, for somebody that's going to, that wants your boards. Cause they'll, you'll understand Dude, them in a way that I, you know, somebody that grew up surfing and just like absolutely rips, they're not going to be yeah. able to understand that everyday surfer in that way. You know, I have that conversation every now and then, um, most recently, um, and most applicably recently with Jonah Hill. Um, and that's really like, cause he's coming from an adult learner point. And I was telling him, I was like, look, like, here's the reason that this going to work between you and I is like, that's my fucking history too. I know your struggle and I know your waves and I know what's hard for you. And I know what unlocked these things for me over time. So let me do that. And I think, you know, the thing that I used to get made fun of a lot for like early, early in my surfing and shaping was like, cause I was a fucking barn. Sure. But being a barn and working through it is exactly what like my superpower is now for shaping for people. Cause I understand so much more intimately the challenge of just fucking surfing for the average surfer than somebody that was born and raised surfing. It's a different, it's a different thing. So like, I'm really thankful for not being raised in surfing. I get to sit kind of, I always feel like I'm on the outside, like floated way out here in space and looking at it. Um, I'm really grateful for that perspective. Um, I don't want to take it for granted ever. I don't want to take surfing or shaping for granted or the lifestyle that it provides for granted. It's a really fucking privileged thing to do that we all do this. It's crazy. Like looking at the world from a wider lens, this is ridiculous that surfing is like our life. What a kidding, like what a joke. Like we should all be so lucky. Um, so totally. I don't mind like not being a fucking world-class surfer. I can get waves. I'm just fine. I surf better than the average person, I think, in the water, but I'm not blowing fucking minds. But that that learning to get to that point as an adult and as, as a young adult is really special in terms of how I can relay that now into a custom surfboard for somebody. That's a really, really, I think, a unique thing yeah no that's great so we'll work towards closing up but you know carrying this thread a little bit further down oh. what do you what do you think the biggest mistakes that average surfers make when it comes to board selection um i think the biggest one immediately is going too small too fast and i think that's kind of like on the shaper side of the equation like the known evil in in board board building for people is thinking okay i'm as a surfer okay i'm getting better that means i should go down in size um, 
I think a lot of people waste a good number of years in their surfing trying to figure out once they go down in size, how the fuck to control that thing. Um, usually your mind is way ahead of your actual self. And so you think it's time and it's definitely not time uh, to go down in size. And then people go back up and find where they probably should be, or at least where is applicable for how they're surfing right now. Um, yeah, I, I think just the other thing is to say, like, going down in size isn't best because that's not how everybody moves, right? Like, if you're trying to generate speed and control speed and you're surfing, you need to be on a board that responds to the way that you move as a physical human being. If you're really stompy, sure. A shortboard's going to work pretty good for you or something with a bit more width across the deck that's a little thinner is going to work for you. Cool. If you generate speed from standing in one spot and flowing, it's going to be a really different board that's going to make speed for you. So the goal isn't in just going smaller is better. It's in figuring out how you generate speed and how you control it and what board works for that technique. Um, so a lot of my chats with people when we're figuring out their board is about how they approach a wave, how they stand on a board, what they want to do on a wave, and what they're surfing right now. And you kind of start to piece together what's, what's going to work best for them. But yeah, smaller is definitely not always better. It is very oftentimes much worse. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because that, that evolution is the exact same evolution I went through, you know, riding mm -hmm. short boards. You know, they work great when the waves are pumping mm. and it's perfect, but, you know, when the waves are tiny... Yeah. Or when the waves get really big and barreling over here, yep. you know, like I started, I, I started riding more volume. I was like, oh my God, this just like opened up this new world. And I still ride oh, wow. like 25 liter shortboards and, you know, I enjoy those, Whatever. but I still will go back and ride, you know, bigger boards as well. Um, yeah. There's it, just, it, it just depends on what the wave is, how you feel you and, and all that. So right. I, I totally agree with that. All right, man. Well, it was such a pleasure. Um, thanks for joining. I think we learned a ton here. Uh, anything, anything else you want to say? Any shout outs, anything like that? Check in here. Oh, radical. <laughs> I don't see those people. nips, man. You need to get that, that sweat going <laughs> a little bit harder. Here's what, here's what I'll, here's what I'll put in as a closing. You, when you said that about my nips, I flash back whenever I go live on Instagram, if you watch me shaping live anytime, you'll probably see a friend of mine in there saying, dump them out. I have a legion of my closest friends that encourage me to pull out my nuts anytime <laughs> that I go live. So when you started talking about showing me nipples, showing you my nipples, all I could think was dump them out, dump them out, dump them out in my head. <laughs> anytime I'm shaping live on Instagram, all I can think of is how many of my buddies are screaming dump them out right now. It's wild. It, um, so thanks. They're probably for the... dumped out right now and you're just, you're just not showing it to me. That's, <laughs> hey, if you want to see the real right sweat. No, see... <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. no so oh, it's, uh, I guess that if, if I were to make a shout out, it's my buddies that understand that reference. Uh, All right. They're, they're the real ones. They get it. <laughs> cool, man. Well, thanks again. Hey everyone. It's Van. Hopefully you've been enjoying the podcast. Hopefully you've been listening to some good stories, getting some good tips that are helping you improve as a surfer. If so, make sure to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review. It'll only take you literally a few seconds and share it with your friends. That's the best way you can support me so I can continue to create awesome new content for you. So thanks.